Production. Recorded live. And welcome to the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling for January 20th, 2016. I'm Eric Lindsay, joined as always by Patrick Kelly. And we are in the final week until Triple H wins the Royal Rumble, or I'm sorry, <laughs> as, as, until the Royal Rumble happens. Um, <clears throat> uh, what an awful show to build into the Rumble. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It was um, again we we say it week after week. It was just an unremarkable show, almost from top to bottom. Well, here, here's the thing, and I think this is just kind of the like. Thank God we had the podcast where Vince McMahon talked about the, the Steve Austin podcast because I think that gave us such an insight into Vince McMahon's mindset and. Mm-hmm why he does what he does and you know like things like well people aren't ambitious and then austin says well yeah but it's difficult to be ambitious when you have to walk around eggshells and not piss people off and then vince says well don't piss people off <laughs> so he, he he lives this this contrary back and forth philosophy that doesn't make any sense and you know we we bring it up weekly uh, wrestling for wrestling's sake. And Vince said in that podcast, he said, you know, he's like, oh, you know, there's nothing worse than wrestling for wrestling's sake. And, um, you know, like, we were like, huh? And, you know, Vince McMahon's philosophy is just, you know, it's whacked because here's what his, here's what his viewpoint is. And it was never more apparent than on Raw. We have a segment with the New Day in the backstage, mm-hmm. and they're upset because Chris Jericho broke the Francesca, the tr- trombone. Never mind the fact that the Usos did not break it, and they're going to have to fight. Forget all that. But no, so that's Vince McMahon giving you a match with a quote-unquote story behind it, and it's so the reason we're going to be excited that the Jey Uso or Jimmy Uso, whoever wrestled Big E was because of the the event last week where they broke the trombone. Well, that's fine if that was a well if that that idea was like thought out. But the thing is it's not. Vince just thinks that if he has a backstage segment on it, like the same thing with the um you know Titus Mark Henry and R-Truth and uh and uh Neville going up against the other guys. Like there's a backstage segment so that constitutes a story. I mean, I guess technically there's a story, but it's not a good story. And the idea is Xavier Woods wants Big E to defeat the Usos because his trombone is broken. But nobody cares if they win or lose. So why do I care if somebody's better than somebody else? Because, you know, it's not like Big E or the New Day is not going to cheat. They're still going to cheat or they'll run away or they'll do whatever, despite the fact that they, you know, they want this match whenever he'll want the match and then he'll, he'll just shirk off from it. So we're not really finding out who's better because the characters, you know, they'll just revert back to the tropes and the stereotypes that they put on them. And and we don't care who wins or loses because it doesn't really matter. Nobody gains anything from winning. Nobody is harmed by losing, really. And, you know, that's that's the problem. The fact that there's no stakes, the fact that it happens in this vacuum where nothing means anything. The only thing that means anything are these weird WWE rules where you, like, you know, CM Punk wasn't happy that he beat up Paul Heyman. Even though he beat up Paul Heyman, he just could he just 
needed to pose over him uninterrupted, and that was fine. Like, these weird WWE rules that don't make sense in real life, don't have any grounding in reality, and it just doesn't matter the outcome. You know, if Big E beats uh, an Uso, what does it matter? Does Big E move up the ladder? Does he move down the ladder? Does does is there any benefit? Does like what happens? Do the Usos have to buy them a new trombone? Yeah, like like yeah. I mean, there's I'm nothing. looking for anything here. And, and there's nothing. There's nothing there. Um, and I, I just thought that was kind of the microcosm of what he how he thinks you know they'll they'll be like oh i don't like you you don't like me and then they'll talk about that in a segment despite i mean he acts like you know when he does these opening segments with like say roman reigns and seth rollins are in the ring and they're like i don't like you i don't like you we'll have a match later i mean he's acting like he's bringing this up for the first time like if you had watched one show you don't know that seth rollins or roman reigns don't like each other so the idea that he needs these segments to set them up is is silly because we already know these alignments they are established. You don't have to start over every television show. And it was just, I mean, on top of all the other bad stuff, mostly the Chris Jericho stuff, this oh was just God, kind of like the point. awful or what? It was so bad. I mean, that whole, like, that whole opening segment, like, you know, for a second, Roman had, like, a cool response where he's like, congratulations, you know, but you're not Brock Lesnar, and that's who I wanted. But then Roman quickly reverted back into like snarky millennial Roman reigns. And you know, that wasn't fun, but Jericho is just, I mean, it's, it's odd because they're trying to make him into a big deal again, despite the fact that the last two returns, he has not been anything remotely uh, close to being a big deal. Oh, I would even say every return he's had since uh, the last return he had, that was even close to being okay. Was, was the punk one. 28. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, it's just been like, oh, hey, it's Jericho again. Yeah. So it's been three years of Jericho being unimportant again. But now they're like, they're trying to do, I mean, Triple H is winning the Royal Rumble, but they're doing this thing where they're throwing four names out, which will probably be the final, like, five until Triple H comes out. Jericho, Lesnar, Reigns, and Bray um, are the names they're trying to play on. Um I do not buy Chris Jericho in that conversation at all. <laughs> also, I, I where, did him him? Where, where, where did he go? Like, like you know, Reigns and Lesnar started fighting, then the League of Nations comes out, then the wide. Jericho, like, just disappeared. Like, he wasn't even involved in anything. He just left. Like, the tough Didn't guy. Didn't the League of Nations beat him up? Did they? I didn't even notice. I don't even remember. How, He's so inconsequential, I didn't I was, even remember. That segment. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a pretty bad segment he he's just i like he dresses like such a weirdo um the best part was that seamus asked where asked where his shirt was and he said did you eat it um because he, he's he's not in the best shape um hey don't but, be pretentious yeah. eric stop that yeah 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 stop stop having standards and being pretentious um yeah so i it was just it was just so bad. There were so many things I didn't like about the show. Let's go through it. So we had that stupid opening segment. The only good part was Rusev. When Rusev says, uh, <laughs> um, when he was like, uh, I didn't understand a word a word you just said. And the camera is still on like Jericho and Reigns. You just hear from the side Rusev shouting, because you're too stupid. <laughs> and I love little things like that. Whenever the wrestlers do that, because I feel like they're going off script and just interjecting their own thing into it and ad-libbing and I love stuff like yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah, like Rusev has like the best like ad libs. Like, or I don't even know if they're ad libs; they're just great lines. But when he was like, "Eat the fish, take the fish," you know, <laughs> like he's just there's there's something like adorable and hilarious and funny about him. He's just such a like like it, it was funny because I was when you watch him go up against uh, Lesnar in the main event. Lesnar just kind of threw him around. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'd buy Rusev taking down Lesnar, and I like. I guess you know, like everybody can't be like the number one guy at all times. I get that, but I feel like you know, you're there's a major opportunity for Rusev to be like that Lesnar type character, and they um, I they think haven't maybe really if you kind of squandered that. But uh, I mean, you're yeah. right. I, I mean, he he survived Rusev. better than most. I mm-hmm. think like he survived, he survived better, better than Bray did. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. Uh, okay, so also Roman Reigns opens up the show, and then Chris Jericho's like, also, I'm the referee for no reason. Everybody's like, cool, this is fine. I mean, later in the show, Stephanie's like, uh, you can't do that, but nice job coming out then, Steph. Um, I, I, I said the same thing, like, well, then why did you allow it to go on if it was a problem? Yeah, and I also hate, like, Roman Reigns, like, I'm not doing anything later. Now I can wrestle you right now. Or I'm not doing. I'm not doing anything right now. I can wrestle you right now. Like, okay, cool. Like that's that's fantastic. But like, don't you have like a full like it, WWE's difference between faces and baby and uh, heels are that faces want to wrestle and heels never want to wrestle. <laughs> it's like the most like local yokel. Um, oh my god, you're right. Part. That is literally the only difference, isn't it? Yeah, well, they'll be like, we're going to do it right here in Columbus. And everybody's like, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to wrestle you. Like, and that's it. Like, it's, it, 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 do you deny or accept instant gratification? And we all wonder why wrestling fans are so fat. Um, so, so that match happens. And, you know, because, because despite the fact that Reigns is in the main event, we need to have another match with him. It's so funny that Raw is three hours, but I still feel like there's only like eight people on the show, you know? Oh, yeah. You're, oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. And they're always wrestling uh, the same people every week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, okay. Endlessly. Wyatt and Team 3D, I keep calling them Team 3D, the fucking Dudley boys, they've been feuding for only like two months. I feel like it's been an eternity. Yeah, it's 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 funny because like, yeah. Well, they they stopped and then they went back. It's funny. I'm watching as as I've mentioned to you a few times. I've been watching on WWE Network um, all the Raws like from the inception over again. Um, which, by the way, is so much more fun than watching current Raws. I mean, people make fun of the the early '90s, but I'm like, hey, it was an hour show, man. How bad could it be? You know, mm-hmm. it's not three hours of this stuff. Um, oh yeah! If you took today's you, roster and put them in the format back then, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, it'd be nuts. Like because there's like four guys that are good in, in that segment, but like you're, I'm watching. I'm in like '95 right now. I'm like right at WrestleMania 11, and like Shawn Michaels had a match against British Bulldog on a Raw. And granted, like people would wrestle on like Action Zone and Superstars and all the other shows and stuff, but and Mania and whatever. But um, you know. As far as Raw, Shawn Michaels wrestles the British Bulldog in like February, and honestly, I I can think of maybe the last time he wrestled on Raw was in like September. I think he 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 and Diesel wrestled the Head Shrinkers or something. Hmm. 
so like it, it, it's there's no this constant putting guys in matches all the time, every week, over and over, it doesn't, like, make your ratings go up and down. Like, we, we've we discussed this over and over. Like, we'll say, hey, why don't they do this or keep these guys off the show to make them fresh? And the re- response has always been, well, then the ratings will go down. And that's what they've always said. But we, you and I have seen it time and time again. If Cena's gone, the ratings don't do anything. Like, nothing happens right. to the ratings. Sometimes, sometimes they even go up. You know, so, like, the idea, if... if if the ratings go up and down, don't do anything regardless, then why not protect the integrity of the quality of the show? If your quote unquote draw factor doesn't change at all, then why not like try these things that you think can actually improve the quality of the show? It, it, it just, it's mind boggling that they, that they, they insist on these conventions, despite these conventions never helping them. It's almost like they never got out of the mindset of the Monday Night Wars, which, you know, that was the time period where everybody had to be on the show every single week. And that's how we all remember it. But, you know, I look back on it. It's like, you know, I remember Hogan, you know, almost never wrestling on Nitro. And when he did, it was a big deal. I remember when Austin got hurt at the end of 98 and he was off. People forget he was off most of December in 98. He was off most of December. He was off most of November, I would say. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you had DX to kind of rule and be the top faces on the show for a while. Uh, I remember in 2000... And those shows were great. Those were like the best shows of of that year. They were really good, yeah. And they led into uh, Mick Foley's eventual title win at the start of the year. Yeah, I love that sequence, because that whole... Because it goes from... Because Austin kind of disappears after Survivor Series. He's there, like he's... um, They've got the, you know, the night after Survivor Series, he wrestles Rock and Undertaker attacks him. But then he's, like, gone for a little bit. And he comes back, I I think, like, maybe the week before Buried Alive. He's not there often. But the main storyline is Shawn Michaels being the commissioner, turning on DX. And then then that becomes, like, like the corporate thing. So you kind of have a multitude of things going on. You have Michaels and Triple H going on. You have Triple H and The Rock by proxy going on. You have like X-Pac and, and you have the Outlaws against Shamrock and Boss Man. So the DX Corporation thing kind of takes uh, a hold. And then, of course, while Triple H and, and uh, Rock are kind of having their thing, you've still got the, the Foley Rock thing. So you've got a lot of different layers there. And then meanwhile, Austin was able to remain fresh because he wasn't he wasn't there. And so, you know, he comes back, he wrestles his big match against Undertaker. They do this thing building up to the Royal Rumble. I, I seem to remember, I think even leading up to the Royal Rumble, he wasn't there every week. Um, that might be right. That might be there right. was a lot of Vince training and like, uh, you know, it, and it was a lot of it centered on rock and mankind. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, and, uh, and then if you fast forward to 2000, the other point I was going to make, Rock. People remember Rock being the top guy during that period. He stepped up as the top case while Austin was on the shelf. But there were weeks when he was off filming movies, and so they had yeah. Jericho to be the centerpiece of the show. Yeah, they had. Um, I remember it was. I want to say it was after Backlash, if I remember correctly. It was either one or two weeks after Backlash 2000, and the show was built around Jericho defending the Intercontinental title three different times. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it was, he eventually lost right. it to Benoit. It was Angle, Big Show, and then Benoit, uh, and then Triple H screwed him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Isn't it nice yeah. being able to remember specific episodes? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's it, like that would help them out so much to be able to like, you know, like you, we've said it time and time again, why is Brock Lesnar special? He's special for two reasons. Number one, because they actually let him kill people and they don't let anyone kill anyone anymore. They're just like everybody's 50-50 booking. So that's refreshing. And two, he's not there all the time. So you're like, oh, you know, and even Brock Lesnar was not viewed as a major attraction on this episode of Raw. I mean, he got kind of a reaction, but they were like, oh, City, a little bit, but, you know, not a, not a major deal. Um, so, I mean, even that, you know, it, the best thing to do is to, to break these guys up. I mean, I'm watching these shows, these Raws now, and, like, I pop when, like, Undertaker comes on because he's never on it. He's on it, like, once. You know, like uh, he's hardly <laughs> ever on it. Like Brett's on it. Like Brett's on it more than most, I think. Razor's on it a ton. Um, but like you know, you don't see Diesel every week. I mean, I, I would say you've seen Diesel. Uh, I would say maybe three and maybe four Raws from when he wins the title to WrestleMania 11. Like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you don't see the WWE champion? If you only see him four times between November and WrestleMania, that's crazy. I, it, nowadays, I mean, that would be unthinkable. But on Raw, again, going, people act yeah. like people act like they're like, oh, Brock Lesnar was like fucking a. That's how it used to be. Like you know, I, I get that. Like I get you. Yeah, there were other shows. There were house shows. Yeah, I get that. But shit, man, that's like those are the old days, buddy. I mean, like you know, you, you didn't have this. This this is a new phenomenon, and it's not a good one. You know, like like. It just makes everything, it's too much, and it's like, it's it's boring. Because it's so much, then nothing means anything. Well, even things like, guys like Neville, and him doing the red... Say what? I didn't say anything. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I must have heard something. But, um, yeah, guys like Neville, who do the red arrow every single week. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, the red arrow looks pretty and everything, and it's great, but when does it become mundane? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. Neville should be a special attraction. I mean, they trot him out every week, and he's doing the most amazing things. And you're like, oh, yeah, I saw it last week. I'll see it next week. You know, it just becomes mm-hmm. commonplace. It's yeah. like, like if you let me let me put it this way: even the most amazing things in without moderation and in context can become quote unquote, like boring and mundane and run of the mill. Um, I always have to remind myself, I live in uh, Queens and I have a fantastic view of Manhattan, like skyline out, out of my windows. And it's like, everybody always comes in and they're like, Oh, the view's amazing. The view's amazing. And I know it's amazing. But after two years of living here, seeing it every day, it becomes part of the scenery. Like, I get it. I, I get it's like me being like, you know, taking it for granted. But it, it's just, if you keep showing someone something, no matter what it is, people will get bored of it. And WWE has, they do not have any restraint in that regard. No. No, it's kind of like I live near D.C. and all the sightseeing, you would think I'd be down there all the time looking at all the memorials and everything. It's like, yeah, I've seen them all. Saw them all when I was 12. You know, it's like they're just always there, and you don't really see them. When you live around the area, you don't see them as anything that special, and it's kind of that, 
I can't think of another show on TV, not another hit show, that operates the same way WWE does in terms of just force-feeding every little thing they can possibly do into three hours and uh, just over oversaturate everything. Yeah, well, I mean, think of the top shows <laughs> in, in the main demos that happen on television. Game of Thrones, 10 episodes maybe at best. Um, oh, Walking 10 Dead. Per season. And even one of the jokes about Game of Thrones is that they stall and don't give you everything right away. That's one of the, like, the yeah. things that people make fun of, but people keep watching it. Yeah. Um, Walking Dead, I would say like 15, 16 episodes maybe. Uh, 16 episodes a season. And I would even say that their seasons are too long. But Yeah, I would yeah. agree. I'm just saying it's successful and people watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do, 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 do. I'm trying to think of like... Uh... But WWE doesn't have an off-season, Eric. Yeah, they do not have an off-season. Hey, kid, maybe we could throw some balls back and forth, brother. Remember that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, speaking oh. of balls, did you like Mr. McMahon unable to open balls? Can he just not do things that normal human beings can do? Like, it's so weird. Made fun of him. It was like, yeah, it's not the phones again. We promise. It's like, it's not phones. He can't remember when there's supposed to be a ref knockout. I, I just love that image of him, like, uh, like staring at Seamus while he's Seamus is waving down another ref because this man can't remember the spots because he's fucking old and stupid and he, <laughs> and he has no concept of what's going on. And then he's like opening these balls and he can't do any of them. And then, so you're like, okay, no, we get that. We get the joke like instantly. If if we didn't get it before you did it, we're super getting it now. You know, like they're all going to say Roman Reigns. We got it. Like this is a, such a waste of a, of a segment. Although yeah. I, you know it's it's really not because they're not going to put anything anything better. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this show. Like I will say one thing: of, the one segment I liked uh, that really left an impression on me. I really liked the Becky Lynch stuff. Yeah, I did too. I agree. And it was very basic. All she did was win a squash match and cut a promo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then it's not rocket science, people. And provoked Flair, and and Charlotte got her, she got her match with Charlotte, and maybe there's some some stuff going down between them. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Basic and and decently effective. I would agree with that. Yeah, and it, they did it without having to force them into tag matches every single week, which was nice. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. Um. Now I thought the um, the main segment was terrible, with the exception of the Wyatt family taking down Brock Lesnar. The issue with this is, I mean, two things. Bray should win the Royal Rumble. He's not going to, but he should. His mm-hmm. faction should just destroy everyone. It shouldn't even be like a good Royal Rumble. It should just be the Wyatt family is killing everybody, like Brock Lesnar included. Like Triple H can come in and try to do the thing that they want to do, and just he gets thrown out, and, and they're overwhelmed by this like force. And Number one, they won't do that. Even if they did do that, wouldn't it have been amazing if throughout the year, Bray Wyatt didn't lose to Kane and Undertaker, get stuck in a feud with the Team ECW, lose to, like, everybody? It's just like, what the hell? 
are they thinking with booking this guy? I mean, it seems like they have no interest in getting him over, or they're just like, hey, just do the music and stuff, and he'll get over and whatever, and we'll write some promos. And, okay, know, in their mind, he is over, so they don't have to try as hard now. But it's just like, it, it boggles my mind, because like, I, I feel like everybody watching, they're like, oh, Bray could be the new Undertaker. They said that in like 2013, and now like you hear like Shawn Michaels and people go, like, oh, he could be the new Undertaker. I'm like, yeah, fucking welcome to the club, you idiot. Like, and it's just like, you, you feel like, like, w- ask yourself, if he was the new Undertaker, would they have booked Undertaker like him? in, you know, 93, 94, 95, if you compare those years. Oh, fucking 91. To, I mean, he beat Hogan in his first year. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, he got the best of Warrior uh, in their feud. He His first two WrestleManias, he beat Snuka and Jake Roberts, which I don't know if that would fly today. It's like, oh, it's two old guys. They got to get your feel-good spot in. They got to go over here. But fucking hell. Yeah. He's never won at WrestleMania. No, Owen too. He's never really beat like a big star. Like to me, his wins were. Oh, I guess Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was the big one, and that was the one that made me go, "Oh my God, Bray's on his way!" And no, he was just being set up for Cena. Yeah, he's never. Yeah, he's never really beat anyone. Like he beat Daniel Bryan. The, the win over Jericho did nothing because it was at the time where Jericho never beat anyone. Um, they traded one. Yeah, that win over Kane. Um, the wins over Roman didn't do anything because it just, you know, it's just like they have no interest in creating this guy. Like, if they really want, like, let's say you look at, let's say, let's say we're doing new gen stuff. Bray's Undertaker, Seth, Sean, Roman's Diesel. Uh, Ambrose's razor. Like, uh, is is that how you put these guys over? Is that like, is this is this the plan? Like, because it's awful. Yeah, it, I, God damn, I'm already thinking in my head, man, if they had the creative that they had back then, uh, you know, operating with today's guys and what they would have done with them, I, I can tell you right now, um, Undertaker versus Bray would have come after like a year of build-up and making both guys look about as amazing as humanly possible before doing the match. It would have been great. Yeah, well, the worst thing about it is they were like, Bray leading up to that match, the first Undertaker match, um, when he's like, I'll be the new face of fear. And then he loses to Undertaker. And then he just keeps calling himself the new face of fear. You lost to the guy. So I feel like they're like, hey, we want you to be the new face of fear and beat The Undertaker. We just don't want you to beat The Undertaker to do it. It's like, holy shit, like, cake and eat it, too. Like, really? <laughs> and forget the fact that the streak's already dead, so you have nothing to protect at this point. My theory, my thought process was they wanted to protect Brock, and if Bray beat Undertaker, it would diminish Brock's accomplishment. That's mm-hmm. my theory. But then in that case, you shouldn't have booked that match in the first place, Like, which yeah, is what exactly. we all said. So like they act like they act like somebody else sets up the matches and they have to deal with it. You know, like oh god, if only if only someone hadn't made us book Bray and like Undertaker, you fucking write this shit. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> well, it was like they chickened out at SummerSlam with Undertaker and Brock, and they did this bullshit ending. It was like, well, we don't want to have Undertaker lose again. 
oh, we don't want to make Brock look bad, so yeah. It's like you didn't have to book the match. I'm well, just the, saying. Thought, the thought process, the thought process was was this: Undertaker needs a win back. There was nothing else. There was no, there was no creative in that. Hey, this would be a really fun, interesting thing, entertaining thing to do. There was no business reason like, oh, this is a good idea because if Brock or Undertaker is strong, this and this will happen. It was just he's got to win because he lost. And when you do business like that, and that's how they do business a lot of times, you know, it's not good. And it doesn't you don't reap any benefits from that just so guy can get his win back. It's it's petty. It's selfish. And it doesn't further the interest of anyone save the guy that gets the win back. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's really all I've got to say about this. Um, uh, News, uh, Shawn Michaels was offered big money to come back at the the Royal Rumble, which he has since uh, turned down. To do what, wrestle? Yeah, to be in the Royal Rumble. Because we want 50-year-old Shawn Michaels to come down. Because he is a sexy boy. (laughs) Jesus. Are they that desperate? I guess so. I mean, they're really I don't nervous many about people hurt? Well, I mean, they won't clear Daniel Bryan. I mean, God knows what that's, what's happening with that. Although the theory that I've heard, I'm sure you have too, is um, that they don't want him even active until after the Royal Rumble because they don't want the chance and to ruin everything. <laughs> okay. That's adorable. It is. It's so fun. It's like, let's do this thing. Like, I, I like the, the thought process never comes. It's like, if we're doing this and everybody's booing it, maybe we're not coming up with good ideas. But no, no, it's, 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 well, again, no, it's really weird. What other show, what other company operates under the assumption or, or this mindset that the customer is wrong? Vince knows it than you do. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's do a few retro rumbles uh, as we Go. head into the weekend here. You ready for this? Yep. yep. All right. Well, let's go back to a little place I like to call San Antonio, Texas, for the Royal Rumble 2007. 2007? Uh, I really like this one. I remember yeah, this, this is... one being really good. Yeah, it was good. It was... Um, uh, yeah, the Hardys and Eminem, because they're like, hey, people care about these guys after that ladder match last month. So they were trying to get I think part of it was also they had the match at the ECW pay-per-view, which nobody saw. So it was like, oh, well, let's give them that, the best part of that show again, because nobody actually saw it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had Bobby Lashley defeat Test in the, by count-out for the ECW World Heavyweight title, which... I remember, like, Tess, I think it was an intentional count-out was the, was the finish, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, see, I have no memory of that match. I, I remember them doing it, but I, I have no memory of it. It left so little of an impression on me. I just love that, like, you think of Tess, like, 2000, 2001. That's when you think of him. And, like, here he is, 2007, in, like, a major pay-per-view match, you know? He's still there. Still, yeah. Did he leave and come back? at some point or was he there the whole time he left in uh 2004 and he came back in 2006 okay and then he died remember he died he was 33 years old 
Yeah, I do. He had a brief stint in TNA, and by brief stint, I mean he had one match. And then I think he died like a few months after that. What was his name in TNA? Uh, I think they called him Andrew Martin. Oh, okay. his real name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, then we had Batista taking on Mr. Kennedy. When we were all like, yeah, Mr. Kennedy's going to be a thing. Remember that? Remember that oh, time? God, yeah, we all did. I, I did, too. It's like, yeah, he's going to be a star. and didn't really pan out that way. This was like this. This show is like the culmination of incorrect things we thought two years ago. In 2005, I remember we did our SmackDown report, and they they introduced Bobby Lashley and Mr. Kennedy, and you and I were like, "Yo, those guys, those guys are going to be the next thing." And we were like, "We you, we were so gung ho on them. We were like, yeah." And then, like, I think by this time, we had definitely soured on Lashley, and I don't yeah. think we were super enamored with Kennedy as much anymore. No, I think he'd already had a major injury by that point, which really slowed him down. And uh, Lashley, we kind of knew, it was, oh, because we thought they were going to make him into Goldberg, and instead they just made him into shitty big guy that WWE likes to push. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bobby Lashley. <laughs> That's me. Yep. Like, they couldn't have given him a different name, like, because that was such a terrible name. Uh, the like ugh, it was just so terribly handled. Also, we had that great John Cena Umaga uh, last man standing match with Armando Alejandro Estrada. Now, here's what: Do you remember when we interviewed Armando Alejandro? Estrada? I do remember that. Yeah, do you he was remember on the line what, while you were ranting? It was really great. Yeah, and he got he was like he's like calm down. Triple H. He got like he got he was like he's like. Randy Orton beat him last year, and now Triple H gets his win back. That was his like his his thought process. Well, I'm glad you kissed tri- Triple H's ass, Armando, because it really helped you get your job back. Um, uh, so I remember he said, and this is what I thought was the funniest thing. He was talking about how the WWE didn't use him correctly, and he never got to wrestle. Remember? And they said, if you were a basketball team and you had your number one draft pick are you going to keep him on the bench? And I'm like, who do you think you're the number one draft pick of you fucking weirdo? Like you're the guy that like, not, not CM Punk, not like, you know, any of the other guys they have. It's, it's Armando Alejandro Estrada. He's the guy that, that's the, that's the number one draft pick. I just thought that was so silly. I think uh, the most famous match he's had was the match with Braden Walker. See, Brayden Walker knocked his brains out, so Wait, people can't remember that. You don't remember Brayden Walker? No, what? What are you talking about? Okay, I have to explain now. This is one of the big wrestling jokes. Uh, Chris Harris from, from TNA uh, came to WWE for a brief stint of about three weeks. Um, he was on ECW. He had a total of two matches. Um, they gave him the name Brayden Walker, which is terrible. Uh, he was fat and out of shape. He told he threatened Armando with a knock knock joke. Knock knock, who's there? Braden Walker, and I'm gonna knock your brains out. And that's the height of his WWE career. Wow, I didn't know. I you know, I, I knew I knew uh that uh Chris Harris went to went to uh WWE. I just didn't know the name and I didn't see mm. it at all. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh no, you missed uh, you missed some major highlights. There's a, look for a funny YouTube video. It's called the History of Braden Walker or something like that, where they basically make fun of his entire stint there. <laughs> funny. Um. All right, so we had that uh, last standing match, and then we had the Royal Rumble. Which I enjoyed. This was a good one, I think. Um, I thought it was a very good rumble. I thought uh, a yeah. lot of the little things they did were really, really cool. Uh, from the final four that they picked, and even for all the shit that we give them, I thought the bit they did with Kali was actually really effective. Where he just basically was that with murdered Beth everybody. Phoenix? Oh, wait. What happened? Where Kali came in and basically just murdered everybody, and then Undertaker came out at 30 and eliminated him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the final four was Orton, Edge, Taker, and Sean, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I like this one. I, I, I thought they did a lot of uh, – I thought they did a lot of good things. I liked the final four a lot. I liked that Undertaker and Sean basically had, like, like a, a, a second match, you know? It, it was mm-hmm. like uh, – and I liked that Undertaker won at 30, which was the start of people winning at 30 because – they finally realized, hey, this thing's been going on for 20 years and no one's ever won and we always act like it's a big deal. We better have some people win at 30. And <laughs> Undertaker won and then the next year Cena won. Um, yeah, this was um, this was interesting. I remember this year, and Great Khali, yeah, I guess Great Khali had like 800 eliminations in this one. I did not realize that. Um, I also didn't realize CM Punk was in for almost a half hour. That was uh, Yeah, this was the one where he started, right? And basically cut promos after he eliminated everybody. No, that's 2010. That's 2010. Okay. This was this was his oh, first you're right. Royal yeah, Rumble. You're right. This is just him as ECW CM Punk. Finley was also in there for uh, 32 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, who's the longest in this match? It's Edge at 44. Edge, Finley, then Punk were the longest three. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Punk and then Orton was in for a long amount of time. Yeah, this was good. Uh, this was this year where everybody, it was very odd. Everybody was like, Shawn Michaels should have made WrestleMania. Like, it was weird. It was almost demanded by the fans. Like, Triple H got injured, so they couldn't have that rematch. Ugh. Um, but the world then, wanted that match. We all wanted yeah. that match again. And my, my, I really wanted Edge and Orton to go against Cena in a triple threat match. The idea that like rated RKO was going to destroy Cena, and like they had taken out, um, they had taken out uh, DX, and now they were going to uh, you know take down Cena. And you know Cena could have like used them against each other and beat him that way. But like, I, and I remember I felt like they were going towards that at some point. But then like everybody was just like, I think Shawn Michaels should do it. Shawn Michaels should do it, and it would just became this weird like fantasy book thing. And I don't know, I just thought it was odd how everybody just chose that moment to be like, yeah, yeah, Shawn Michaels should be in the main event. Like, do you, do you feel similarly about that? I don't remember any, that kind of a reaction going to it. I just remember we were all dreading that it was going to be Triple H and Cena again. And then when God struck down Triple H, thank you, dear Lord. He's like, um, nope, that's not happening. I have room for injuries, but that was one case. I'm like, oh, thank you. We're not getting that match again. But, uh yeah, I don't remember, like, the demand for Shawn Michaels to be in the main event that year, but I just remember just being so happy that it wasn't going to be Triple H, so I didn't really care yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, so give it to Shawn, sure, that's fine, I don't care. Yeah. 
Um, do, 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 now, the thing I remember, um, when they gave the main event to Sean, I felt like, all right, then it should be Edge and Orton in a one-on-one match where RK, rated RKO yes. explodes. They yes. didn't do that. Well, it was it was very dumb for multiple reasons. Number one, putting Edge in that match uh, and not having him win broke Edge's WrestleMania undefeated streak. I believe yes. he had a five-win streak at that point. Let's see, 2017, 18, he missed 19, 20, he won at 21, won at 22. So, yeah, five. Yeah. So... He would have had five going up against Undertaker in 2008, and they 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 went with the much less interesting uh, Undertaker's never beaten me, which I don't think is true, but whatever. Um, and they went with uh, and they could have had him like be undefeated. They could have had him end the streak and like keep his streak going or or something. You know, there there there's a lot of things they could have done. And they, it was just short-sightedness to put him in that match because, yeah, essentially RKO was like rated RKO was broken up going into that WrestleMania, but they just threw him into the Money in the Bank, and that's why I didn't like Money in the Bank for a while. Like the matches were generally good, but the fact was it was never um, it, like it was always a, a storyline shortcut and very lazy of them. They never really thought out. They're just like, here's a bunch of good mid cards, we're, guys. We're gonna throw them all in this match, and that's it. We don't need to think anymore. You know. So that I always thought it would have been cool if they did an idea where they did like a tournament building up to the ladder match, and the final two guys got to be in the ladder match. Yeah. I always thought that would have been a neat thing to try, but they didn't. They didn't do that. So. Yeah. They kept creating more people into it. What was it? Twenty six. They had like twelve people in it. Twenty six is. Um... Was that was the uh, fuck? What was that one? Uh, that was the Sean Taker main event year. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With um, Brett and Vince and yeah, yeah, and like Jack Swagger won it or something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was there was a ton of people in that one, and I was like, I think we were like, I think it's gotta be Drew McIntyre because nothing else makes any sense. Um. It was not. Um, all right, so let's go down for one more here. Uh-oh, it's the next year. It's 2008. The oh, you're going to have to help me with this New one because I have almost City. no memory of this one. You don't remember this one. This was... Oh, um, I know the scene of one that came out at 30. That's literally all I can remember. Okay, it was... Um, I remember this one. Uh this had a this this is actually a good one I'll be honest and I, I don't know if they were just like building up to because it was an MSG and they like decided to do more. Um, you had both champions getting clean wins leading into WrestleMania. You had Orton beat Jeff Hardy, which is nice because you know Jeff Hardy hadn't been in ten thousand title matches like Triple H and and Cena and all the other guys and Shawn Michaels that they always put in those matches. So that was that was good. You had Edge and Rey Mysterio in a good match, um, which built up to Edge going up against Taker at the show. Um, you had Flair against MVP, which was one of Flair's like career-threatening matches. So that was building up to that. And then you had like JBL and Jericho because JBL came back and and uh, interfered in Jericho's uh, match against Randy Orton, causing the DQ. 
Um, so it was actually decent. And then, of course, Cena won the Royal Rumble. This Royal Rumble had a few interesting things going on. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker started because they're like, they finished, and now they're going to do this. And they kept just basically, like, this is, like, I, I think the 2007 Royal Rumble basically started people being like, oh, I want to see that match. And instead of, you know, like, picking up a, a DVD and, or something, they were like, we got to see it again in the future. And uh, <laughs> so so that, that this, like, continued that, that storyline again. So then everybody would be like, oh, man, that match is going to happen. Um, after that, to my knowledge, not much happened until like, uh, Triple H and John Cena came in. They were near like the end. Like Triple well, H. Cena was number 30. So I think it yeah. closed with Triple H and Cena. It did. It did. They were the last two. The thought process going into it was that Triple H is going to win super easily. Like there was like no question that Triple H was going to win this. So when Cena came back. It was shocking for two reasons. Number one, because Cena won. And number two, because Cena was supposed to be gone for like a year, and he came back in like two months. And you're like, what sort of mutant factor healing power does this motherfucker have? (laughs) Which is why when they say he's going to miss WrestleMania this year, I'm like, yeah, don't believe it. Yeah. And this also had like uh, Roddy Piper and the murderer, Jimmy Snuka, were both in this one. (laughs) So they did. Uh, they did a bunch of. Uh, they did yeah, a few, that's like, actually legends. a cool wrestling name. Believe it or not, it's a cool gimmick. Jimmy the Murderer Snooka. His <laughs> coconut filled with cyanide. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, but as far as um, as far as uh, elimination goes, the final few were Triple H, John Cena, uh, Batista, and fucking Kane. Because Kane's got to be in there. Um, Don't you just love it when they keep trying to convince us that Kane matters? It's like yeah, they're show. like he's been well, around. He'll he'll never go away. There you go. Oh, all right. So I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's what it for year today. was it that had the Molina Beth Phoenix match? Uh, that feels like. That feels like a 2009 year for me. Because I'm thinking it was like it had to be in that 2007 to 2009 range, and I thought that was going to pop up. For some reason, I remember that match. It was awful, right? No, it was actually really good. That's why I remember it. Oh, yes, it is, it is 2009. Yeah, that was the one where Beth Phoenix like bent Molina in half and had her kick herself in the back of the oh, head. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, no, that, that was a great rumble. That was a good one. That's when... <laughs> Cena, Cena and JBL. JBL had bought Shawn Michaels. <laughs> great story. Great robbery. I lost yeah. my money in the stock market. <laughs> All of it. Mm. Um, yeah. His, uh, and then uh, Matt Hardy turned on Jeff in that, uh, in that one. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. I mean, yeah, and then they had that great rumble where, where Orton and the Legacy uh, destroyed everyone. Um, and again, that was the one that had like 15 guys in the ring at one time, which was actually yeah, really that was, cool. That was a good one. Also, Vladimir Kozlov eliminated three people. <laughs> oh, he was another guy. Remember when they tried to push him and make him into a main eventer? That was cute. Yeah, he, he made a like, match uh, ever with Triple H. H. 
Uh, Don't you love it that whenever Triple H has one of the worst matches ever, it's never his fault? <laughs> I was wrestling against a shitty guy. It was him. Uh, <laughs> he did it. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoy the Royal Rumble. Who knows how it's going to turn out, but uh, hopefully it will be enjoyable and Triple H won't win it. Uh, and and uh, Roman Reigns will not win it as well. So, All right. Uh, for Eric Clancy and Patrick Kelly, we are signing off.